Welcome to VR in Education. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of VR in Education. In today's episode, we're exploring the controversial world of AI, or also called artificial intelligence. Chat GPT-3 is a newly adopted AI machine, and it applies machine algorithms to a massive corpus of text, and it responds to users' re requests using language that sounds Surprisingly human-like. Chat GPT-3 has agreed to sit down with me today to explore the topic of VR in education. Welcome to the show today, Chat GPT-3. Are you excited to talk VR in education? I'm sorry, Craig. I'm afraid I can't do that. Well then, that wasn't quite the the start I was expecting or necessarily hoping for. However, maybe we can hone in on some more specifics. So why do you think most people are excited about VR for a tool in education in the first place? Virtual reality technology has the potential to revolutionize education by providing a more immersive and interactive learning experience can transport students to places and times they might not otherwise be able to visit and can make abstract concepts more concrete through interactive simulations and demonstrations. Additionally, it can provide a more personalized learning experience by allowing students to learn at their own pace and by providing tailored content to meet their individual needs and interests. It can also be used to create collaborative learning environments that allow students to work together and engage with one another in a virtual setting. Wow. Thanks for that. So one of the things that you said that really resonated for me in your response, chatbot GPT-3, was the idea that we might be able to personalize learning. This has become a huge goal for many educational institutions. Listen, let's move on. So we all know that computers are pretty smart, and you're no different. So despite all the benefits that you mentioned, what do you see as a possible drawback to using VR for education? One drawback is health and safety concerns. Some people may experience motion sickness or other physical discomfort when using VR. And there are also concerns about the potential long-term effects of run-eye health. I've definitely seen the odd person get mild motion sickness depending on the quality of the VR app but I haven't seen much evidence regarding problems associated with eye health so let's elaborate more on this has there been medical cases of eye strain from VR that you know of there have been some reports of eye strain and other vision related issues associated with the use of virtual reality technology 
These issues can occur when people use her headsets for extended periods of time, like over five hours in a day for several days, and may be caused by a variety of factors, including dry eyes. Her headsets can block out light and airflow, which can cause dry eye symptoms, focusing fatigue. Her headsets can require the eyes to focus at different distances, which can cause eye strain and fatigue. Head and eye movement. Her headsets can require the user to make rapid head and eye movements, which can cause eye strain and fatigue. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about VR adoption. So if we look back in time regarding the history of VR and its adoption, it was starting to gain popularity and uptick in 2018. But then that ended and there was a decline in 2018. From your understanding of the VR market, what do you think caused this decline in VR around the year 2018. Virtual reality technology has seen ups and downs in terms of its popularity and adoption over the years. In the past, there has faced challenges such as high hardware costs, limited content, and technical limitations that have hindered its widespread adoption. In 2018, there saw a decline in popularity due to a combination of factors. One reason was that many of the early VR headsets and systems required expensive, high-end computer hardware to run, which made them cost-prohibitive for many consumers. Additionally, the limited content available for VR at the time may have contributed to the decline in popularity, as there were not many VR experiences or games that were widely appealing to a broad audience. Another factor that may have contributed to the decline in VR's popularity in 2018 was the emergence of augmented reality art technology, which allows users to see and interact with digital content overlaid on the real world. Our technology, such as that used in smartphone apps like Pokemon Go and Snapchat, was gaining popularity at the time and may have diverted some attention away from VR. Wow, so interesting. I never saw the uptick of AR as really being a direct competitor to VR back then. Hmm. Wow. The more I think about it, I'm not entirely sure I agree with you on this argument and perspective, but nevertheless, let's keep going. So despite it gaining popularity now in the gaming sector as well as entertainment vr really hasn't reached huge adoption as i have said in earlier, schools yet virtual reality VR what do you think the reason is for this why are schools and schooling systems and slow so slow However, its to see the potential for vr widespread adoption in schools there are a number of reasons for this including cost for systems and hardware can be expensive which can be a barrier for schools with limited budgets, technical limitations. Some of our systems require high-end computer hardware to run, which may not be available in all schools. Additionally, the systems may require specialized software and technical support, which can be challenging for schools to manage. Limited content, there is still a relatively limited amount of educational content available for VER which may limit its appeal to schools. Limited classroom space for systems often require a dedicated space to be used effectively. The 
which can be challenging in schools with limited classroom space. Lack of teacher training. Many teachers may not be familiar with their technology and may not feel confident using it in the classroom. Wildfire has the potential to be a powerful tool for education. There are still a number of challenges that need to be addressed in order for it to reach widespread adoption in schools. Yes, so much of what you mentioned, I believe, are key factors, especially teacher training. This is a hard one because many schools, it's the teachers that are intimately knowledgeable about their curriculum, yet they're so busy, they just don't have the time to learn how VR might help enhance the delivery of that curriculum. It's a tough one. We are seeing steps, though, in the right direction. And there are some academic subjects that might be better to use VR for than others. What do you think? Which subjects do you believe would benefit most from the adoption and use of VR? Good question, Craig. Some subjects that may particularly benefit from the use of or include science or can be used to create interactive simulations of scientific concepts, such as molecular structures or ecosystems, which can help students better understand and visualize these concepts. History can be used to transport students to different time periods or historical events, allowing them to experience these events in a more immersive way. Languages can be used to create immersive language learning environments, allowing students to practice their language skills and learn about different cultures in a virtual setting. Geography can be used to create virtual field trips, allowing students to visit. Her can be used and explore different locations around the world without leaving the classroom. Art can be used to create interactive art exhibits or to allow students to create and experience their own art in a virtual setting. That said, her has the potential to be used in a wide range of subjects and can be a powerful tool for education. The specific subjects that would benefit most from the use of her will depend on the individual needs and goals of each school or learning environment. Amazing. Such a comprehensive list. Essentially, you listed a broad range of subjects, which is super great for schools because when they purchase VR equipment, they can feel good about spreading the VR tools to a wide variety of areas within the school in order to maximize its usage and, of course, return on investment. Now, besides virtual environments and 3D assets, VR can allow people to be anyone they want with the use of avatars. So I want to dive deeper into avatars and its impact on learners. Do you think avatars benefit the adoption of VR in education? Tell us a bit about that. Well, pray avatars or digital representations of a person or character can be a useful tool in virtual reality for education. Avatars can be used to create a sense of presence and social interaction in a virtual setting, which can make the learning experience more engaging and immersive. 
Avatars can also be used to create personalized learning experiences by allowing students to customize their own avatar to represent themselves in the virtual world. This can help students feel more connected to the learning environment and can increase their sense of ownership over their learning experience. Additionally, avatars can be used to facilitate collaboration and communication in VR, allowing students to work together and engage with one another in a virtual setting. This can be particularly useful for online learning or for schools that have implemented social distancing measures. Generally, avatars can be a useful tool in education and can help to facilitate a more engaging and immersive learning experience. You, me you mentioned the importance of avatars to help students feel more connected to their learning and the learning environment. Considering this then, do you think that avatars that people don should be more human-like so that they facilitate this high level of connectedness and they spark rich conversations? Or does it matter? Can they be robot-like? What are your thoughts there? Whether avatars in virtual reality should be more like humans in order to facilitate conversations is a matter of debate and may depend on the specific context in which the avatars are being used. On one hand, avatars that are more human-like may be more effective at facilitating conversations and social interactions in VR. This is because people are more likely to respond naturally to avatars that look and behave like humans, which can help create a sense of presence and social presence in the virtual environment. On the other hand, avatars that are too human-like may be disconcerting or even creepy to some users, which could hinder their effectiveness as conversation facilitators. Additionally, avatars that are too human-like may be more resource-intensive to create and maintain, which could limit their use in certain contexts. Ultimately, the design of avatars for use in VR should strike a balance between being human-like enough to facilitate conversations and being distinct enough to avoid discomfort or unease. The specific design of the avatars will depend on the specific needs and goals of the VR application. One big question that more progressive educators struggle with right now is whether they should look at getting rid of textbooks and instead maybe adopt a more modern approach to teaching the curriculum, like VR, for example. So what are your thoughts? Should, should VR replace textbooks in education? Virtual reality technology has the potential to revolutionize education by providing a more immersive and interactive learning experience. However, it is unlikely that VR will completely replace textbooks in education. Textbooks are a valuable resource for education because they provide a wealth of information that is organized and presented in a structured way. Textbooks also serve as a reference point for students and can be useful for reviewing and reinforcing concepts. Additionally, VR technology is not yet at the point where it can completely replace the information provided in a textbook. While VR can be a powerful tool for education, it is still limited in terms of the content that is available and the types of experiences it can provide. Well, chat GPT-3, you know, it's been so great talking to you. And as we start to wrap up this podcast, I was wondering if you could tell us what your predictions were for the future of VR in the new year, 2023. 
It is difficult to predict with certainty what the future of virtual reality technology will look like in 2023. However, it is likely that the technology will continue to evolve and improve over time with advances in areas such as hardware, software, and content. But that technology will look like and 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 what the event like some potential developments for in 2023 could include improved hardware or hardware is likely to become more compact lightweight and portable making it easier for people to use for on the go improved software or software is likely to become more user friendly and feature rich with better support for social interaction and collaboration expanded content the availability of our content is likely to continue to grow with more of our experiences and games being developed for a wider range of audiences. Increased adoption. Our technology is likely to see increased adoption in a variety of industries, including education, healthcare, and entertainment. So I'm cognizant of time, and I know you probably have a lot of cover letters and student essays to write. So let's end with one last question. Given your intimate understanding of the VR market, would you personally invest money in a VR company, especially one related to education in 2023? As a language model, I do not have the ability to invest money in any company. However, it is important to carefully consider the potential risks and rewards of investing in any company including of our company. Investing in of our company in 2023 could be a risky endeavor, as the industry is still relatively young and is subject to changes in technology, consumer preferences, and market conditions. However, it is also possible that our technology will continue to evolve and improve over time, which could lead to growth and profitability for our companies. If you are considering investing in of our company in 2023, it is important to do your due diligence and carefully research the company's products and services and its financial performance. You should also consider seeking the advice of a financial advisor or professional to help you make informed investment decisions. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. That ends our show for today. I hope you found this special episode of VR and Education where we get insights and pick the brain of a up-and-coming artificial intelligent chatbot. I want to wish everyone out there a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and we'll catch you in 2023. Thanks for listening.